Good morning. My name is Richard Chang. This is episode two of the Sativa segment. Um, today, we are going to have a very interesting episode involving two very interesting guests. I started this podcast um, just less than a month ago, and it's um, we're obviously into episode two now. And the, really, the whole purpose of this podcast is to talk about um, cannabis investments, politics, policies, legal issues, so forth, and to really raise awareness of the industry and how broad it really has grown into. And as, a, as an attorney, um, I'm an attorney by trade, uh, start off in healthcare, and then over time, it's grown into the cannabis industry. And it's just, um, this, is, this is a wonderful industry and uh, I can, uh, my intention is to obviously stay in it. Um, so before we get into it, I'd like to say that this episode is uh, powered by Dads at Peace. It is a men's and single dads uh, resource center based here in Dallas, Texas. And if you want to know more, just look up Dads at Peace on Facebook. Okay, so let's dive into it. Um, we have two very interesting guests today. Uh, they are the pharma executives and co-founders of Corganics, uh, Chad and Reggie, and I'm going to give them an, uh, an opportunity to introduce themselves. Uh, I met these two gentlemen about, I guess, about a year ago or mm -hmm. so, and I had a chance to work with them on a couple initiatives, and their company has just really grown, and I thought, um, let's have a discussion about the company, about um, how you've grown over time since I've met you two. And to see how uh, you know what, what your future plans are. So who wants who wants to go first, Chad? Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, th first, thank you for having having us, Richard. We uh, we appreciate the opportunity, and what you're doing is great in bringing more awareness around cannabinoid therapy, and uh, that that's exciting to us, obviously. So, uh, Chad Collins, uh, one of the co-founders of Corganic, Service CEO of the organization, and. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure building this organization. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But my background has been predominantly in healthcare as, a, as a, an adult. I grew up in a household with a disabled father, a disabled Vietnam veteran father. Had a lot of pain and 40-plus surgeries growing up. So I was in and out of hospitals and doctor's offices with him. So I was always intrigued by healthcare in general and technology and pharmaceuticals and that's what I got into uh, early in my career and been fortunate to work in some of the largest organizations on the globe when it comes to pharma and medical device like Sanofi and Stryker and Galderma, uh, to name a few, and also have been able to run as the CEO of a private equity-based company in healthcare before founding Corganics. And so based here in Dallas, and uh, I've got my family here in Dallas, and I guess we'll talk here in a little bit about how I met Reggie. Uh, which goes back to 1998. So that's a little bit about my background. Okay. Yeah. What about you, so, Reggie? <clears throat> thanks, Richard, for having us on. So co-founder, Reggie Gatewood, president, also building the organization with Chad has been a blast, and I, I look forward to getting into that. Uh, you know, from a from a um, origin standpoint, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, in, in, uh, in wellness, so like Chad, I grew up, so I grew up with a close, a, a close family, connected family, large family, uh, you know, the kind that would hang out on a weekend, there was no question what you were going to do it was going to go hang out with other family members, right? And so, you know, as an impressionable young guy, I watched these titans that I just worshipped, you know, slowly fall to a different, to different um, diseases, mm -hmm. 
put, to put it simple. So ALS took my great uncle, you know, you see strokes and heart attacks start to go through the family. It's just sort of, it's sort of the, the, the circle of life, but watching that just made a very deep indelible impression on me to, to hopefully make a difference. You can't call your shot that early of an age, but whenever opportunity presented itself later in life to just get into that conversation of how you can impact not just patients, because you saw, I saw that, I lived that literally with being a caregiver from, a, especially cancer. I mentioned that too, I didn't mention that too. But as a caregiver, you see that from that experience, but also to, to you see the healthcare professional side, right? And so to be able to jump into that conversation was, was important to me. So I did. So like Chad, so he and I spent a lot of time at, at one organization, but I was at, at one for 25 years running different components of the commercial operations side, marketing billion dollar brands, um, ch large scale change initiatives that were, you know, North, uh, an entire North American organization was operating and flexing on, you know. Uh, so yeah, those experiences, once, once Chad and I um, were at, at many times the same place at the same time, you know, getting into what was next for us. So, um, you know, we both said, you know, one day we're going to do something together. We don't know what it is, but it's going to be something. So to Chad's point, also live here in Texas now, have been back and forth like Chad to the Northeast, you know, working in a home office of a large pharma organization, but it's good to be back and finally bringing something to, you know, the table that we both have a huge passion around that you can truly make an impact every day we, we wake up and it's fun. Okay. So you guys meet each other. You both come from big pharma, which is a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, obviously white collar environment. <laughs> you have cannabis, which is a very different environment, right? I mean, we can all agree that it's a, it's a, it's a burgeoning industry and that it's changed over time. Um, how do you see what you do in your background with pharma crossing over into the cannabis industry. And I, this is a, a multi-layer question, but in my opinion, it's, it has already crossed over. Okay. How much more it crosses over that's yet to be seen. But as you just, how did you decide to go into uh, take a risk or, you know, roll the dice on the cannabis industry? And did you have any initial concerns or were you reticent uh -huh. about uh, different things within the industry? Because again, um, burgeoning new industry, right? And uh, where there's new territory, there comes new risks. Yeah. Sure. Great question. I, I, I'll maybe take the first stab at it. Sure. So even over a decade ago, Reggie and I were actually in a project for uh, a large, large uh, pharmaceutical company around how do you introduce cannabinoid therapy to the healthcare market? right, that hadn't really learned a whole lot about the endocannabinoid system, the ECS, uh, and how do you educate them and then deliver commercialized products into the market that may be prescription or non-prescription. So we had kind of a, er, a early eye view of where the market would develop. Obviously, 2018 happened with the U.S. Farm Bill, and then hemp became uh, commercially available across the entire U.S. And you saw retail versions uh, really jump out ahead and pharma right now is working on a lot of different, whether it's prescription, but there's a lot of data around cannabinoid therapy. And so we knew that, we recognized it, and we also, from a launching of an organization standpoint, recognized that there was still a lot of confusion in the market, right? You had patients looking for safer natural alternatives to maybe prescriptions, uh, and then you had the retail space that's exploded. So we like to say millions of patients are spending billions of dollars on cannabinoid therapy, whether that's medical cannabis or hemp-derived CBD, you name it. 
Um, and we recognized our expertise could be of value to healthcare professionals and patients that were interested in and at least exploring the option around cannabinoid therapy. Yeah, great point. So, so to Chad's point, we've known there's been momentum around. So let's just go back to what the unmet need sort of is. The unmet need, there's, there's, there's multiple. So you've got the endocannabinoid system, which you heard Chad reference it as ECS, right? So get ready because there's 400 plus patents on that endocannabinoid system by Big Pharma. So okay. we had part of one of those projects many years ago. So that's, that's, that's going to, the zeitgeist is still happening in terms of the ECS with when, what pharma brings to the table, because it's going to be education first. So your ECS will become your best friend whenever you wake up in the morning and turn on a pharmaceutical, turn on a, a commercial and you'll see a pharma commercial talking about your ECS. So that's one thing. Right. It's awareness, right? Yep. So why, why is that? Well, we know, you know, typically they say the top reasons why people will look to take it is pain, sleep, or anxiety. That's well known in terms mm -hmm. of why people seek help, alternative natural therapies. And so we, we saw that explosion all coming together at the same time to say, look, we know there's going to be a play by pharma. They're going to take the prescription route. So we've been there, done that. We know that that can be, believe it or not, somewhat limiting in terms of access, right? right. Whether, whether it's price or indication. Yet we know that in what, what we call sometimes the wild, wild west, let's be honest, if one in five Americans, you know, some polls would tell us, are experimenting with or understand cannabinoid therapy to be potentially beneficial, then there's that gap of, okay, so millions of patients are already out there spending billions of dollars. We know that the, eventually the pharma plays happening, but those folks, those millions of patients aren't having a conversation with their healthcare professional. Are there areas in, you know, in, in the retail space where people are very familiar and versed and comfortable with, with cannabis and the cannabinoid conversation? Absolutely. You know, that's why the space is so big. But there is a, an area where the healthcare professional is left out of that conversation and then go back to tying it together with our experience. You know, our expertise is let's get in that conversation and plug that healthcare provider back into that conversation with their patient who may be wandering out there. Will this work for me? Or is, what is this one? You know, do you know anything about it, doc? And 80% of the time their answer is, I don't know about it, but just be careful. And that's the conversation we're changing. Okay, so I'm going to circle again to some of the challenges. Did you have any reticence? Uh, because it is the cannabis industry. Did you have any legal concerns, sure. accounting concerns, banking concerns? I sure. mean, it's a, it's it's pretty broad. Um, when people are not used to the industry, they come from more traditional industries. Yeah. Okay. Did you did you experience any of that? Start yeah, one. so of course, right? So the, the key there is when we talk about the pharma space, we keep coming back to that, right? So we're not, we're life sciences now, but there's the reality of, of a regulated or an unregulated market, right? Regulated means there's rules in place in terms of what you can say, what, what, what you can do, the legal and, and regulatory ramifications that are out there. We had lived in that space. And so self-regulating to us is just we can do that in our sleep almost, right? right? Because when, you're, when, you're, when your primary client or customer is not just healthcare professionals, but even healthcare systems, they also live in that space and they also seek guidance around you know, that, that sort of regulatory environment that's safe and, 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 and uh, beneficial for their patients. So that's something that we, that's a strength of ours. So yeah, that was one of the concerns though, is what are those lines? So when you say cannabis or cannabinoid therapy or CBD, some people think, oh, that could be a gray area, be careful. And so just from communicating what our, our, um, our benefit potentially could be or that value proposition, that alone, you have to reset that, that conversation around, well, let's keep in mind there is an unregulated space, 
but for us, we self-regulate almost to the tune of what pharma does, and we do that. And so there's that comfort area there relative to helping put customers' minds at ease, healthcare professionals' minds at ease, and that's where our expertise truly comes into play. But yeah, you mentioned earlier some of the banking and legal ramifications or concerns. That was a whole different area that we've we've come to learn very well. So, Chad, you want to speak to some of the other ones that we ran yeah. into? Yeah, I think I think those challenges alone, when you're when you're starting an organization like we have. Um, you, you, we, we want to do it the right way. We want to cross all the T's, dot the I's appropriately, and make sure that we put ourselves in a healthy position moving forward and not add any extra road, road bumps, if you will. And uh, we've been able to do that. Now, you see banking, merchant services, things of that nature are coming along, right? So even, even at, a, at a U.S. level, you're starting to see mm-hmm. it open up where it's becoming more mainstream. We'll call cannabis mainstream cannabinoid therapy, CBD like ours, becoming much more mainstream. And so you've got these institutions that are now opening up those doors and having those conversations at least. And I think as we started, we, we formed our company two and a half years ago and really launched product just a year ago into the market. Um, and so those challenges, we kind of were able to get across those in that first year and a half. So that when we launched product, we were well on our way and had a smooth, I'll call it a smoother ride than probably most. Uh, we've, we've definitely done a, what we think is a good job of surrounding ourselves with experts like yourself on the legal side. Uh, and that's a big, big piece of it. And, and that is that can really hurt companies if they don't invest in compliance and regulatory right. and legal environments. And so that's why we love what you're doing and, and the role you play in teams like yours that uh, really understand uh, at a high level. That's helped us dramatically be able to navigate uh, a very evolving marketplace. Um, f- for sure. And, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed working with you guys on a couple of initiatives that you guys have launched. And um, again, I've met you guys about a year ago, and uh, there were a lot, obviously a lot of questions at the beginning, and it uh, sounds like you've worked through a lot of that. Um, but let's transition to the company itself. Okay, so Corganics, that's the name of your company. Yeah. You two founded the company, Corganics. Tell me a little bit about the company and its mission statement and what you're really trying to achieve with Cor- or through Corganics. Well, maybe, maybe I'll start with the name itself. So we, we like to say that we're organic to our core. Right, um, and so th- this is two old pharma executives that launched a number of different prescriptions in the marketplace. Uh, now we're on the more natural side, and so Corganics to us is uh, really meeting the needs of patients. Right, patients are asking their healthcare professional, or they're asking their neighbor, or anyone that they can seek advice to around natural alternative therapies. Patients in the U.S. That's where they're going. Right. And so uh, and so not that pharma is a bad thing and prescriptions are a bad thing. There's certainly a place. But I think you have more of a, a thought process around let's get to a more natural place first. And so Reggie and I, uh, as we launch this organization, we, we we know our mission is to help secure really bridge the gap between patients and their healthcare professionals when that dialogue is needed around natural therapies. So while we have started in the cannabinoid space, and ours is hemp-derived, non-THC CBD, 
uh, and broad spectrum CBD. We also have other lines in our organization that are non-CBD that are all natural in, in, in nature. And so we will continue to evolve and bring what we believe, our, again, our expertise is how do we educate healthcare professionals and partner with them at a massive level, right? So coast to coast for us and international soon to be. Uh, where they trust us to bring them the highest quality, cleanest, safest, and clinically proven products to help them be able to navigate with their patients who are, again, looking for natural alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. So you heard a, the phrase there around what we, what we do and why we do it is bridging the gap between healthcare professionals and their patients when it comes to understanding and treating the ECS, you know, and that's a big thing. You know, because when you say helping them to understand, well, to Chad's point, that's education. You know, so when we land, I say land, but when we bring our products into somebody who says, look, we, we believe we trust you guys because of your approach, you know, in terms of your quality. We could talk about that. Obviously, our commitment to quality and just how, um, you know, the integrity that we bring to the organization. But also they see a reflection of them and us. And so do their patients. So their patients trust healthcare professionals. With, with their lives, with their health, right? And when healthcare professionals can vet a certain, you say a therapy, you know, broadly speaking, then they're typically to lean in to that, but they need to know more about it. And so from, for Chad and I and our teams, education's a huge part. So when someone decides, yes, we, we vote you guys, let's go. We wanna bring it in, we believe the story, we wanna be a part of it, super. But you can't just put something on the shelf and hope it moves. You've got to educate their staff. You've got to educate the professional healthcare professionals themselves. And almost most importantly, you've got to educate the patients. And those aren't always with the same resources. And that's where our expertise truly comes in to say, okay, we got you, you know, when you bring us in, whether it's a, system, a healthcare system or the local, you know, account that says, look, I've been wanting to experiment with this. They all need you know, that level of, of expertise relative to educating their, their staff, their patients, and primarily them, themselves as well. So it's a big thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a distinguishing factor with what you guys are doing, right? Um, you know, there, there's, there's such a wide um, range of different types of products on, in the market um, for different purposes. But, you know, healthcare, you're dealing with frail individuals, um, ill individuals, people who have uh, different types of ailments. Um, but education on the products, how it impacts you, how it impacts the endocannabinoid system, as you mentioned earlier. Um, but quality is also um, really important because there's a lot of bad products out there. Let's be honest. Yeah. There just are. Yeah. Um, and when I say bad, it, there's different ways of defining that. There's ones that just simply aren't as effective. And maybe that's not a bad product. But then there, there are products out there that may contain certain microbials, contaminants, mm -hmm. you know, metals, whatnot, that it's just simply yes. probably could cause adverse effects. Yes. And so the fact that you guys are dedicated to education and, and really stressing quality is, um, is yeah. key, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, um, we appreciate that. Yeah. But we, let's we talk agree. about your products, right? Sure. So tell me a little bit about the specific products that you actually pr provide. I know there's a relief cream. Yeah, so, and, that, and that's actually one of our non-CBD products that we can talk about okay. uh, later, and then I'll, I'll take I'll start take a stab at it, and we'll go from there. So we we believe in being very simple. So if you if you're talking about going back to patients that are looking to experiment or try, and they believe potentially they could work, they're looking to their healthcare professional and say, "What do you think?" Mm -hmm. Simplicity is critical, but so is quality. So I want to come back to the quality conversation just quickly. 
And so there are some, so from a pharma perspective, we, we know in some cases where some of these pharma companies are sourcing, but most, more importantly, we know what the quality standards are going to be. So if millions of patients, we're going to keep saying that millions of patients are spending billions of dollars just to see if they can, if Aunt Sally has gummies and I'm going to go buy some, mm-hmm. you know, for some that works. So no shade to that because there are some who are very educated and informed. The majority of those who are wanting to get into this conversation are not. And the number one fear many of them have is the quality and the transparency. And so healthcare professionals are very particular about, you know, do you third-party test? Let me see your third-party test. What do you test for? And we proudly stand behind everything that we put out there to the tune of putting that QR code and everything that we put, which you know, was also part of the advice that you had given us to say, look, it's important to be transparent, not just from a legal perspective, but regulatory-wise. That sure. helps you stand apart, right? And so there, that, that takes... That's an investment, but it also takes, you know, um, some chutzpah, if you were some audacity to say, yeah, so we're going to separate ourselves from other companies that are out there to say, yeah, we do test for all four major, you know, the, the heavy metals and 70 plus pesticides we're gonna, yeah, yeah. And, and, and all the cannabinoid potency, because sometimes 80% or more, as you've seen in many publications of what's out there is mislabeled or making, you know, erroneous claims about what's in the bottle. And we take that off the table for us, which sadly currently separates us to in the top probably 10% or 5% mm-hmm. or 3% if you're testing for heavy metals. So the products themselves, we're keeping it simple to start as a base to say, look, you want to go the, the oral route? And then you've got, so systemically treatment, treating the ECS and then the topical route. And so we've got a drop under the tongue. Many people are very comfortable with taking their CBD that way. And so we, we have a, an oral drop, you know, um, uh, sublingual and we've got a soft gel, which we have, we just finished an IRB study on, which is fantastic. And we'll talk more about that, yep. but that's nano emulsified and separates us from what else is out there in terms of enhanced absorption. And then a topical cream leaning into our expertise in our past lives, which was designed by dermatologists to make sure that, you know, it, it, absorption is critical, but also how it feels as a skincare product. So okay. yeah, just a few things. Um, so you mentioned skin. Um, are there any, what are, what are some other typical conditions beyond skin problems? Are there any others, whether it be anxiety or any, or you mentioned pain, obviously that's a very, that's a sure. very, um, common. very common one, but what, what are some of the more common ailments that, that, that is, um, that's being used on the market? I'm not going to make any specific claims to anything yeah, but i'm just saying chat, what are some chat, what is smiling, smiling. Chat, take a, yeah take a crack at that one that's a that's a good one because as you know richard we will never make claims that's right uh, you should so we're very we're, we're smart in that regard you know again it goes back to the education right so a healthcare professional as they start to really understand the ecs and the connection on what does cannabinoid therapy do within the ecs and what does that kind of regulate and maintain uh they were able to connect dots so it's amazing. Every day from healthcare professionals, they tell us, mm-hmm. hey, I'm using it for X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. uh, and getting great results, whatever that may be. Now, we'll go back to uh, maybe even what pharma looks at, right? So they're looking at every kind of inflammatory skin disease that you could possibly have, sure. right? Inflammation, obviously, being the, the biggest culprit, if you will. And then pain, sleep, and anxiety uh, are... Typically, as Reggie, I think, mentioned earlier, that's where people self-treat right now, right? So the general consumer is saying, can I have something more natural instead of an opioid, instead of a sedative, instead of an anxiolytic, as an example. So 
I'll, I'll jump to why we think that we are different. And one of the things that we've invested in ourselves is actual clinical data. Yep. And when we say clinical data, it's not five patients. Uh, and what was the survey results of using it for X, Y, and Z in a doctor's office? It is IRB approved studies through some of the most reputable institutions, research institutions in the U.S., whether that's UCLA or Johns Hopkins or University of Washington, you name it. Uh, that's where we choose to invest in research around our products. That gives trust and credibility to a healthcare professional to say, here's a study, Reggie mentioned this one, this is one of our latest 500 plus patient study, IRB approved study, uh, with taking even a one of our nano emulsified soft gels once a day and measuring pain, sleep, and anxiety after diagnosis for patients over the course of a month, and then really, really strong positive results. That's different than us saying, well, Dr. Smith uh, said it works down the street. Here's our study. Right. So what we believe in is IRB-approved studies. We also have major institutions across different specialties. So we play in the oncology space, orthopedics, pain, dermatology, and other specialties. And we have a lot of physicians and or groups or institutions that are doing their own studies with our products. And so they will be able to say, here's the data from utilization of this dispense product, not a prescription, but Corganics clinical cannabinoid therapy, uh, and what they found across a number of different areas. And again, we won't make those claims, right, unless it comes through an IRB-approved study of which we can share that data, yeah. right, from a third-party source. <laughs> and I think that's what made you guys a little bit different when I met you guys, because you said, I have the clinical study. I've worked with probably maybe one or two other groups that's uh, either had a collaboration with an academic institution that's done their own studies, and um, I'm involved personally with uh, a couple initiatives. But that's what I found fascinating about your products is that you actually went through that IRB study. I guess, can you tell me a little bit about the process and the, the costs associated and maybe the time and the investment that you actually have to make in order to complete that study successfully? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I think the, you, you can imagine, you know, how from a cost perspective, you're talking minimal tens of thousands of dollars, right? Yep. I mean, that's just, that's, that's. Of course. And the rigor involved in that process is uh, we knew it from the pharma side, right? Because we had dealt with the FDA and, you know, launch dates and PDUFA dates and all that stuff and getting the a new drug application. But for this, this is a little, it's not that much different in terms of what you need to do to provide to the committee. Because in IRB, it's an independent review, right? So whatever you bring to them, it's got to meet their standards and qualifications to even qualify for the trial. Otherwise, Sorry, this doesn't pass the qual the quality standards. You know, like being certified by an ISO certified lab, just with your own third party test. They're like, great, that's the minimum point of entry. How many times do you test each product? And then we're also going to test. So send each one that you want to test to us because we're going to do our own third party test, and those have to those have to jive, right? So that alone is a big step for a lot of companies who would say, eh, we're out, right? So. If you believe in it, because you don't know what's going to happen, but that's the other leap of faith of if you believe in your product, there's got to be a standardization of at some point just around dosing, 
just around quality. Mm. And so when healthcare professionals, coming back to what Chad was saying around, when they can see the, the, the rigor of the, it was put into the study, the IRB study it's itself, the approval, but then also healthcare professionals doing their own research because the scientific curiosity is immense right now. It really is big. And when they do their own white papers, they start within their own practice, say, well, let's see how it does within our practice or within our system. And the results are replicating what we saw from our IRB study standpoint. But it gave them permission to say, okay, so there's a clinical conversation that's happening here. We want to be a part of it. And finally, what we found is <clears throat> it gives us validity and credibility. But also healthcare professionals love once they see, they see their own data play out and say, well, I, so yes, that study said this. But here's what we found in our practice. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell my peers. So while we're not making claims and we, and we won't, healthcare professionals can absolutely talk to other healthcare professionals about what they found to be true with, with products yeah. that they've tried and specifically with ours. Okay. So um, obviously you've done studies. Now, just to clarify for the people who are listening and watching this, um, has it only been just CBD or have, have, you, have you done studies on other cannabinoids or are you looking, are you potentially looking at other studies using... I don't know, CBG, CBN, or sure. what other, whatever. Well, our products are broad spectrum. So we believe okay. in the we believe yeah. in the value of the other minor cannabinoids. So we try to keep our products between a 10 to 15% portfolio of other cannabinoids within our CBD, right? So we do believe in that. I think there's a lot of early data out there that suggests some of the other, obviously, minors, even alone, work. Uh, we, we have found, and a lot of researchers will tell you, they believe the broad spectrum, right? Being able to attack by different angles, if you will, is probably the most effective way to treat a number of modalities. That way you don't have to, if it's isolate CBD, you don't have to keep titrating up to get this continued effect, right? So uh, that's what we believe in, and that's what we've invested in uh, to date. Will we look at minors on, alone and in combination with others? Definitely, we have we have folks that want to utilize our products to look at the different formulations. Yeah. So that's an exciting area for us because as we continue to grow, uh, we, we'll take on even more investment uh, around studies, and that's a big piece of our company. We believe in really being the most researched and data driven organization that we possibly can. Again, that goes back to building trust. So I, I giggled a little bit of your comment around the cost because initially Reggie and I are the founders, and so it was our <laughs> life savings yeah. into the data side. You know, we did take on a, a strategic investment from a private equity group for a small portion of our company, uh, not even quite a year ago. And but we had we had and before we even had the results of some of those large IRB approved studies, <laughs> they were wanting to invest. They really wanted to invest after uh, after they saw the results of our studies, which is exciting. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So um, that's a good transition. Let's talk about a little bit about the investment side. Okay. So you start this company. It's your life savings. It's you're 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 essentially bootstrapping the entire project. You have some sales. There's some cash flow. Obviously, the IRB. At what point did you say to yourself, hey, we need more capital to grow? I, I, obviously, it sounds like an episode of Shark Tank here, but... We're living uh, it. What's that? We're living it. Right. And we, so, yeah. like, at what point did you come together and say, Chad, or vice versa, Reggie, we need more money? And yeah, that, that, yeah. was Tam, that was Tamara Gatewood and Kelly Collins <laughs> that made... They're the ones that uh, Boy. said, no, we... 
in in reality, we knew that as we had to, we started to scale operations, both from a commercialization, operations, mm -hmm. e-commerce, that we needed. Now we needed to move to that next phase, and so. Uh, we had several private equity groups, venture capital that came to us, in fact, and a number of healthcare professionals that had experience with our products and saying, I want to invest in your, in your company. Um, and so we were very, we feel like we we're extremely fortunate and blessed that we were able to be very selective on who we would allow mm -hmm. to invest in initially, right? We wanted full control of our organization. We founded it and so we picked a private equity group based here in Dallas, actually, Altacrest Capital. And so we've done, we're wrapping up, we have wrapped up the Series A funding to get our initial start with a nice valuation to start early on. And then we'll be looking within the next year to do another raise. This will help us continue to scale both operations, clinical development. We talked about the data piece. Uh, and those elements are going to be very important as we take that next step. That'll likely be institu institutional investigate or investment into the organization, which is really exciting for us. Yeah. So when you think about kind of getting the ecosystem going of that <clears throat> of the early company, you know things start have to start to click. And when you start to see it actually click and become that flywheel that you dream of in a small business then you sort of, um, you naturally come to the point of, well, we, we know, okay, you got to nail it first and then scale it, right? And we knew, right. you kind of know when the time to scale is. What we also learned from pharma, frankly, was sometimes there's a way not to do things. So when an investment comes in, if you've got some of these self-sufficient and e-commerce, thank goodness for it, because that's also to Chad's point, Al he mentioned Altacrest Capital. You know, when somebody was coming to the table and we were vetting all of these potential, you know, investors, <clears throat> If they didn't have something they could bring to the table that would help us, then, you know, we say thanks, but thanks, but no thanks. And Altercrest Capital is one of those companies that has a strength in the e-commerce side. And so whenever you can start to sustain momentum until you have to get bigger, then you know when it's time to, you know, when, when the, it's the blooming plant theory, right? When it gets bigger, bigger, too big for the pot it's in, you plant it in a bigger one and it fills that one up, Right. Versus the pharma way was truly, hey, we've got an idea. Let's get the money. Now let's go get an army of people to go knock on doors. And thankfully with our relationships, I don't know that we've had to actually knock on one front door of anything. <laughs> we just yeah. had connections at the, at the sea level and beyond to say, so here's the proof of concept and they're in and now let's run with it. Great. Then let's put the need, the resource, the asset there. So. Okay. I mean, that's, that's, you guys are really fortunate because that's not always the case, no. uh, especially in this industry. Um, you know, the fact that you had investors to choose from, um, that's, that's, um, that's, I guess that speaks to your credibility at the same time and how you guys have built Corganics. Um, you know, I was just, I was just as a, at the Southern Hemp Expo in my discussion, I did a presentation on capital raising and deal making in the cannabis industry. And one of the things that I talk about is, Sometimes the investors and the company, they're, um, the target that they're looking at, it may not be a good cultural fit. It may not be um, a good fit, period, because the investors may not bring anything to the table or um, vice versa. They may see the management as an incompetent or uh, a subpar management. So it's absolutely cr critical that the two is a good marriage between the two, right? And so, but let's talk about that process. How did you when you were vetting, what type of questions did you get? Um, what type of concerns did they express to you how you were going to grow your company? And then vice versa, beyond that, 
one or you know whatever synergies that they brought you mentioned e-commerce did you did you look at any additional synergies that they could potentially bring in determining which again you guys are the anomaly i don't think i think the majority of the industry is seeking capital and they're like i like i said before more deals actually get turned down than yeah. actually get get, sure. get across the finish line yeah. so I think for us, uh, we were we were very fortunate. I think it started with it's because we have a very uh, laser focused strategy, right? We knew where we wanted to head in in the in the broader market in retail. You're competing for store uh, shelf space. Uh, your your the marketing dollars are just spent in a different way. And I think our strategy of healthcare exclusive uh, dispensing of our products and or recommending was very attractive because you've got a crowded market space in the retail setting, and there's nothing wrong with the retail setting. In fact, we love it uh, because it's just building awareness. Uh, but for us, that strategy was unique. We had a very rich heritage of building brands within healthcare, uh, and that was very attractive that I think uh, investors looked at and said, okay, right. you're different, you're unique. And I think we had a really good, um, what we'll call, a uh, very realistic roadmap of what we would do. I think Reggie said it best is we didn't do the pharma play, build an army of people, walk out into the streets and knock on every door. Uh, we have been very strategic on partnerships that we would try to cultivate. Uh, and we've been able to do that, which becomes the domino effect. If, if you can partner with the right, uh, whether it's healthcare professional group and or system, there's kind of the domino effect of others trust them. So it's really a company built on trust and credibility more than anything. And I think investors looked at that of, okay, this is a safer bet than hoping we get into Walmart or Walgreens or, you know, there's a lot of folks fighting for that. Whereas we have that unique expertise in healthcare. And I think that was the, really the, the gauntlet had to be kind of crossed. And, and we had early on, shown real strong progress really from healthcare professionals. So mm -hmm. to be honest with you, in that whole programming of going through the investment vetting, we were able to put healthcare professionals in front of investors and let them tell their story that where they as a healthcare professional, they trusted us. They were getting great results with products. Here's where they think the market's going and why we are unique. So it was less about Reggie and I telling the story. It was more about all the healthcare professionals that we had already partnered with that were telling their story. Yeah. And that was that was what really landed where we went and will continue to go. Yeah, that helped us become a little more selective in that process. So it's going to be a mm -hmm. transaction. All of those relationships are transactional. But there's nothing to say that you can't be a little more selective and say, well, do we get along and do we, you know, mm -hmm. is there a relationship to your point? Because I heard your part of your talk. It's like if you come to the table just because you think you're both going to get something out of it, and that's great, that's a good start. But if during the process you find that you're absolutely nothing alike mm -hmm. and you may have competing interests from the outset, but one person has a big purse and the other person has a good product, that usually, to your point, that usually doesn't end well. But if you get along well and you work well together in the room and you can roll up your sleeves and go, hey, here's an obstacle that we met. Let's get to, let's meet, may become, it may, it's part of a board meeting. You know, let's roll up our sleeves and let's all put our heads together. And you walk out of there going, wow, we just, we became part of something, part of something bigger than us. Then that's rare. And, you know, in those relationships. So we're lucky. 
Yeah, you know, you know go ahead. I was just going to add just one other thing to that. You know, we're, we're in an interesting position. A lot of private equity will buy, buy in and take full control of the company, whether 51% or more, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a unique setting for us when that was not the case. It was a smaller portion of the company where we have full control day-to-day operations. And uh, we, we think that relationship is important, right? So we, we know the lanes. We've operated in the private equity world uh, as well and running organizations. Uh, and we've been fortunate because there's trust in us operating the organization. We didn't just have a good idea. We feel like we have a great roadmap for operating the company too, to great success and, and hopefully great growth and build a brand around Corganics that's kind of second to none. Yeah. No, I think the two big points I got out of that was um, the fact that um, you were able to leverage some of those relationships to essentially promote your products for you. You didn't really have to speak a whole lot. And sometimes when speak, people, other people are speaking to your products, that yields more credibility than you speaking about your products, yeah. right? I mean, that, that, I think it's just a different tone uh, because anybody can talk about how great they are. But for someone else to say how great you are, you you know, there's a different level of credibility. And the second thing that I got out of that was, um, you know, you mentioned fit and, uh, you know, good fit, the good synergies. But, you know, not every investor is going to come in and allow you to continue having your control. They're just not. And there's different types of investors. There's different levels of private equity. Um, and also your end goal may be very different. If you guys want to hold on, I always tell clients, if you want to hold on to your company, but they're looking to divest in three to five years, that alignment is just not there. So I'm glad that you guys were able to find a good alignment, it sounds like. Um, and obviously, it sounds like you guys are going to continue to grow. But let's shift over to some of the PR that you guys have garnered over the, the last year. I've seen you guys in the news. Tell yeah, me about that. exciting. D Magazine, Yeah, right? D Magazine. So yeah, that was, uh, the, uh, gosh, that was the CEO healthcare side, I believe. And that yeah. was uh, one of our first little little pops around, hey, these guys are different. Yep. And let's let's explore that. Because there's a there's a play on the cannabis side, which is always, you know, it, it draws some level of interest because people are saying, oh, well, in Texas especially, right? Is it legal? Is it not legal? Where do we stand? And then the angle that that they took in that article was, but these are for you know healthcare pro- professionals, right? So this is a very different. It's they mm. they love the strategy and said, let's talk about what's different about this strategy because it's not your, it's not the one you may find on the street corner or in the smoke shop, et cetera. So yeah, that was a that was a big first kind of splash for us, and then now it's just been kind of fun to make different splashes along the way for our partnerships, yep. you know, with large systems and organizations that are very recognizable, and so that's always gives us a chance to to seek a synergy or a partnership once again, where there may be it, there's a win-win we'll do something where we can help them leverage their strengths as well as them say, look, well, you can help us differentiate our company and our organization. And so, yeah, that was a, the magazine was a good start, but we've had an opportunity to hit it uh, several more times since then, not just D, but you know, the, the PR uh, circuit uh, with announcements like that. And it's uh, it's fun, right. And it, and it, uh, and it, and it brings, um, the, the credibility and the validity to the strategy, like, like Chad said earlier. Um, so you guys are going to uh, different conferences. Um, tell me about some of the conferences you guys are going to, and are you finding other products like yours um, at these conferences? Um, and, you know, how do they, how do you stack up against some of your competitors out there? 
Well, we we appreciate that that question because we we have made an investment, a very conscientious investment in in being present at conferences in the medical community. So, whether it's oncology, orthopedics, pain, dermatology, plastic surgery, you, uh, there's a number of different specialties that have been very attracted to organics, and so we do certainly make an investment of being there. Uh, we've been asked to speak at some of those conferences, and now what's happened is we're able to now put, uh, you know, folks that have utilized our products and let them do the speaking, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, and so we spend most of our time at those types of conferences. As far as other products, it's rare that you see CBD companies at some of those conferences. And a lot of times, it's not that uh, they don't have quality products, but typically they're also retail version of products. And in, in the healthcare space, they, they're they, not that they have to have something that's exclusive to them, but there's just validity uh, knowing that we have grown up in that world of partnering with healthcare. And we understand their world, we understand their, their lingo, we understand the business, we understand the clinical side of what they do daily. Uh, and a lot of companies in, in the CBD or cannabis space don't necessarily have some of that background, right? Um, so we, we usually are there by ourselves uh, for the most part. Now, what I will say is you are starting to see other natural therapies in other space outside of CBD mm -hmm. make a, a strong name inside of these different specialties at conferences, which we think is great yes. and because the whole natural and safe environment is something that needs to be expanded, right? And again, it kind of goes back to what I shared earlier. Most U.S. adults are looking for cleaner, safer, natural alternatives, if possible, right? At least to yep. start, almost like a step at it before going to prescriptions. And so we, we see that as kind of fundamental to what we do. And, and it's just, it, we call it the perfect storm right now, really. Yeah. So nine plus trade shows, we'll do several more before the end of the year. So that's just today. Wow, you guys are busy. <clears throat> it's a big investment, <laughs> but we're not going to places just to set up a booth and throw the, 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 the tabletop over and say, work organics, how you doing? Um, we typically, we, we use this sort of in, in jest, but really we win just about every meeting we're at. Not that there's a big competition, but by the time the last day hits, cannabinoid therapy is already getting mentions at the, at the podium. So there's already white paper starting to pop up in, in, in house, right? And so by day one or two, people are saying, yeah, I'm keep, I keep hearing about cannabinoid therapy and even people who have doctors who are using your products in their, in their practice, right? So the fact that the momentum and excitement level is there is just validation for us. Uh, and also, you know, it is a significant investment, but every single one that we've invested in so far, there's, their ROI has been phenomenal. So otherwise we wouldn't do it. And that goes back to our experiences yeah. Prior to this, you got to know where you're gonna you know, play play where you can win, so to speak. So, so you've uh, you've grown the company. Have you added more employees, or have you um, what? You know, what what are some of the headaches with that growth? There's got to be, you know, where there's more money and more more growth. There's more headaches, right? There are. Uh, I, I will say we we've been very fortunate because we've run other organizations uh, and had a chance to meet and work with some of the most talented people in their functional areas. So everything from operations and logistics to marketing to commercial operations, uh, that has been, luckily it's been because we've had experience, we've been able to pull in some really talented people. All of them have healthcare experience. 
So I think that's a, that's also unique to us. In the CBD world in general, not always do you find folks that can can connect all the dots around healthcare necessarily, at least as smoothly as we can. So that's been very, very helpful for us. And that's helped us scale, to be honest with you. Reggie and I, we know about that much, but we have a team that knows this much. Yes. And, and, and so we've been able to be very fortunate to attract really talented people as part of the team. And we'll continue to do that, uh, which is exciting for us. Yeah, so nail it and scale it's a real phrase, you know. So, <laughs> and in the healthcare, you know, professional they, profession, they say low and slow, also, right? So yeah. don't ramp out, don't go out there and look for twenty-five people right off the bat. Slowly find the ones that are integrated into their community, into their healthcare ecosystem, that can help professionals find solutions and are just as trusted to that doctor as the doctor mm -hmm. is to their patient. And so, when you put yourself in that in that system, then it's just a win. It's a win-win. Yeah, I think some of the challenge is recognizing when you need to recruit that new talent, yeah. right? And uh, and when to start growing, sure. in what way, and sure. finding talent is already hard enough in itself, Agreed. right? And yeah. then finding the talent that's a good fit for you and your company—that's a mm -hmm. different challenge. And um, yeah, because these are the people you're you're gonna have to work with. But I think you know, it, once you find it, like you said. You know, your your knowledge base is only so much. There's only so many hours in a day. That's right. But your team uh, helps you grow. Uh, their knowledge base is substantially bigger just because people are different, are good at different things. Totally. I think we all have our strengths and weaknesses. Um, and, you know, you guys are probably have different initiatives and d uh, different um, tasks throughout the day that you have to do, whether it's finding new capital or finding new ventures to appease your shareholders, whatnot which is very different than your marketing team, right? Yes. It's an example. Um, so what's next for Corganics? I mean, are, are you, let's ask, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious, are you developing a new vertical or a new initiative? Are there new initiatives that you're looking at? Yeah, I think one of the big pieces for us is uh, mentioned earlier is we'll continue to develop products that we feel and our healthcare professionals feel are, uh, are conducive to what they do in their setting, right? And so if that means new delivery techniques of product, we're looking at that and developing, and we may do partnerships with pharma companies, in fact, with delivery systems that are unique, uh, high absorption, things of that nature. So we will continue to invest on R&D side of things uh, around data, and that will be, we'll, we'll stay on the human side. We know that there's a lot of conversation around cannabinoid therapy in healthcare or in, in, uh, in animals as well, which we think is fantastic. My dog, Reggie's dog, we, they benefit as well. Uh, we haven't gone down that vertical. We want to really become the most trusted clinical cannabinoid therapy in the eyes of healthcare professionals first. Yeah. Will we do other things outside of that? Time will, time will certainly tell. But as we build the brand of Corganics as somebody in a company that healthcare professionals trust on behalf of their patients, uh, that's, our, that's our, our sole focus and aim right now is to become that most trusted uh, partner. Yeah, and are there proprietary, you know, um, technologies and, and innovations emerging that we're in conversations with? For sure. As long as they fit the category that we speak to around helping prof healthcare professionals bridge that gap with their patients, right? So, okay. So, um, I guess just to be clear so for all the listeners that's listening to the podcast, how do I find your products? I know you mentioned e-commerce, so obviously I can go online 
and get it. Do yes and no. Okay. Yeah. So, so you mentioned. So, I'm going to say a couple of things. So, there's two. There's two divisions, if you will, based off of the what what Alta Crest Capital brought to the table with them, which okay. was a skincare line that was very successful in its own right, called Relief. Yep. Topical sports cream. So that's on the, the direct-to-consumer side. We've been speaking today around the clinical cannabinoid healthcare professional exclusive side. Yep. So yes, folks can go and do. There's quite a few who, who, um, who uh, lean into relief cream. It's very popular in chiropractic, physical therapy, right? It's that non-cannabinoid topical sports cream premium, if you will. And then on the cannabinoid side, CBD side, then unless you've been directed to our, health, to our, to our site, uh, by your healthcare professional, then no, you can't just go on. And that's what differentiates us, right? Yeah. So we truly want to bridge that gap and keep them in that conversation. If, so it's healthcare professional recommended cannabinoid therapy versus they leave their physician, they go out and start chasing coupons and predatory marketing. And we just want to get keep them out of that space and keep them in front of their healthcare professional. I mean, that's interesting, right? Because if you think about it, if you're doing only B2B or B to healthcare, mm -hmm. That's cutting out a lot of consumer-based uh, buyers, but at the same time, you're branding yourself in a different way for a longer play, which is interesting because you're essentially gambling on the fact that if I, if I cut this out, this will yield a greater fruit, which is a, which is a very different mindset, in, sure. in my opinion, uh, especially for this particular industry. Also signals the confidence of the strategy and the importance of what the mission is around ensuring that we... We, we funnel patients to their healthcare professional and vice versa versus saying, oh, this looks shiny. Let's go throw some over here. Yes, you could, you could leave some on the table and say, ah, but if you go over here, you're leaving this out there. What's well, because we do believe in the future of, the, of this channel? I'll give just a quick example. So if you're uh, an oncology patient, you've been recently diagnosed with cancer and you decide, you know, for whatever reason, I'm going to go out right now and self-treat pain, sleep, and anxiety as, an, as an, uh, an example. And you don't know necessarily what you're getting when you go buy that product. It's not real transparent. You don't know what the quality measures have been. Maybe they don't even show their third-party test. Even if they third-party test, what's the depth of which they third-party test? If you're an oncology organization, you should probably care about what your patients are putting in their body and have, be able to have that conversation. So our thought is, how do we help bridge that gap where that patient feels inclined to my healthcare professional or my healthcare professional group, they endorse or recommend a version of cannabinoid therapy that's cleaner, safer, natural, uh, that's very transparent. That's, that's what we want to help, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're an oncology group, Again, that's scary to them of patients going out to self-treat. So how can we bridge that gap? Yeah. And you're right. There's, and again, goes back to millions of patients are purchasing retail versions of CBD, which we totally, we, we love the fact that patients are wanting more natural therapies. The question is, and for us is, what is the quality uh, standards that are being met when they do that? So we play in a different space uh, and it's an exciting space for us, for sure. Yeah, some of these uh, physicians you work with, these healthcare professionals, um, have they requested or made a recommendation that you develop uh, a, a different product that isn't has yet to be developed? And they say, "Hey, Chad, Reggie, <laughs> we think that your company could benefit if you develop yeah. this particular product using yeah. this particular cannabinoid." Yeah, it, it's almost weekly. 
Right? Is it really? Yeah, because okay. once they get excited, they start thinking, well, in my specialty, yeah. I could use this device that yeah. would target the CBD toward the... And we're flattered by that because that, that just is going off of the excitement that they have and the belief, right, of the, of the, uh, of the uh, channel and just of the, the, the modality, right? So that's a good thing. It's a good place to start. And maybe we'll get there, right, whenever we start to, to look at some of those other verticals. With the, the conversation that we have is, okay, that's, thank you. And let's come back to what is the endocannabinoid, it comes back to education. Endo, the endocannabinoid system, when, when, uh, when treated systemically and topically, can really do great things. If you, if you give that, let's start there. And you're truly working almost further upstream than what they may be focusing on every day relative their, to their specialty. And so let's, let's, let's see how it overlaps with, you know, we mentioned the IRB study. We didn't say it specifically, but it did look at pain, sleep, and anxiety, which are the top three reasons why people typically self-treat. So we said, well, let's see how we do there. And so when you have that IRB data to say, let's, let's start with pain, sleep, and anxiety based on the data that we know and the dosing that we mm -hmm. know. And then let's go, we'll take it from there. And typically they say, wow, those two things never travel alone. They're putting it in their intake forms, you know, because if you ask, if I asked you, Richard, do you occasionally have issues with pain, sleep, or anxiety? You book, it's like, welcome to the, everybody's world right now. And so if you start there, that, that's a pretty wide net. And then once they see those, experience the, the products, benefits, and capabilities, then they're like, ah, I see, I see now starting there was probably a good idea. Maybe there's a conversation later around getting very specific, but usually if you go far enough upstream, you say, trust, trust that endocannabinoid system. It was, it was created for a reason, right? For homeostasis. So that's, that's awesome that you guys are getting some input from the physician. So, um, so it's important for growth, important for your, for development of new potential new products. Um, so we're, we're getting closer to wrapping up here. Um, just one last question. Do you, what is the message that you want to send to uh, the healthcare industry or the general public about yourselves, organics, and your products? Yeah, I'll start with one, CBD is not a fad. Okay. <laughs> we, you know, that's, that's probably the, one of the big misnomers out there as you see it uh, readily available everywhere in the retail space. We know it's CBD is not a fad. Right. And we know the ECS, how important it is in cannabinoid therapy. And so it will continue to grow. This market will continue to expand wider and wider across every specialty and across consumers that are looking for safer, cleaner, natural alternatives. And so that's ex that's exciting for us. Corganics wants to play our small part uh, in being that help be that filter for healthcare professionals as they bridge the gap with patients. Uh, and so we're just super excited about our future at Corganics and, and the traction that we've built and what we're going to do. We, again, going back to we want to be the most trusted, yeah. right? And we will do everything in our power to build that credibility to be that and to grow on that as well as a partner in the, in the market. So we're excited. We're excited about what you're doing. The Sativa segment is great. Uh, so we look forward to other future future yeah. segments as well. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. And, um, you know, you got to feel good about what you do every day when you get up. That's an old, old saying, but it's true. You know, you truly do need to feel good about what you do. And so for the healthcare professional, we would say, you know, we understand you, we understand your challenges. We understand that your patients are asking you about this every day and you may not feel really super comfortable about what you're telling them in return. So we understand that, you know, the healthcare professional is all about do no harm first. 
And if patients are going out and self-treating in a world where there could be 80 plus percent variability, we, we trust, we trust, you trust your, your patients trust you. So you should trust us like they trust you. So we, we've got you. We understand your model. We understand your challenges for the patients out there. Educate yourself because not everything that you're, you're looking to go self-treat with may not, may not contain what it, what it says it contains. So put those companies through their paces from a quality check standpoint. So. Well, education is certainly the mantra on this segment, isn't it? <laughs> um, um, hey, listen, guys, I'm really glad you guys made it onto the show. Um, appreciate you making the time. Yeah, honored. And uh, I've, cer- I've certainly learned a lot, and I'm glad that you guys are growing, doing so well. And I wish you, you know, the best of luck in your future growth. Thank you very Thank much, you, Richard. Right. It's a pleasure. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Keep doing All what right. you're doing. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it.